Welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. I don't think my mic is working. Mr. Engineer? Oh, good. I don't hear it. Okay. Welcome to the Terry and Jesse show here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We have Matt Arnold sitting in for Jesse today. I, I think I don't have something plugged in because I can't hear even myself, but okay. And I wanted to... <laughs> can you hear me, Terry? I can hear you, though. That's important. Now I can hear you. Yes. Okay, now. good. So I am plugged in. Matthew, welcome again for taking the place of Jesse for today, and I appreciate you doing that. Always a pleasure, Terry. Matt, yeah, amen. Matt, we have a very interesting topic today, the major Senate on synodality document. It's a, a luminous, uh, I think, how many words is it? 20,000 words? 20, 27,000 words altogether. That's yeah. a lot. And yeah. it's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's highlighting a need to welcome you know, people who are living outside the church's perimeter on morality, like polygamists and LGBT people who are actively promoting homosexuality. And I, I know, Matthew, you and I talked before the show, and you came up with this title, and I really like it. The path into the church is not acceptance, it's conversion. And I think maybe that our bishops here should take heed of that, because that's the Lord's way. This is not Matt or myself's way. This is how Jesus Christ invites people to become followers by repent and believe in the gospel. That's a very right. biblical approach. So we're going to talk about that and much, much more. Matthew, um, I always say the good-to-know file. This is really exciting news when I heard saw this, that uh, what the Lucia of Fatima, she's declared venerable. And uh, we've been waiting for that. Obviously, the other kids are saints, and so uh, she died in the year 2000, if I recall correctly. And so this is going to put a little bit more emphasis on the Fatima message, which, boy, do we need that today. Sure, yeah, it'll be good. Uh, there'll probably be people that haven't heard it before that'll be, uh, uh, you know, exposed to it now because of the cause uh, for her canonization being up. You got it. And Matt, here's another good-to-know file. The world's oldest man happens to be a very devout Catholic, and I like it. He's 114 years old, <laughs> and he prays his rosary twice a day. So, you know, I think he's implementing the Fatima plan even more than what Our Lady said. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then one more thing that I wanted to bring up, and I have it here. Uh, maybe I lost it. But it is uh, the, the Catholics are making a stance right now on morality. There's a Catholic employee who was fired after putting a sign by God as his uh, pronouns in his company profile. It's a software company. And I just think more and more people are saying, you know, I'm tired. I had a, uh, one of my tenants told me that he almost took a job with a computer company, but when they uh, asked him about his positions on homosexuality, he's asking himself, well, why are they asking What does that him? have to do with electronics? Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, I'm missing something. Uh, and that they're, gay, they're homosexual friendly and that we need everybody to be on that side. And he was almost hired at the point they were sending him money to buy equipment, and he sent back a note that says, you know what? No, thanks. I'm not interested. And I think I'm seeing more and more of that, and I think we need to see more of that. And I think we've got a clip by Bishop Strickland at Dodger Stadium that will implement that. that I don't need to play the clip right now, Mr. Engineer. We'll play it in a little bit. But we're going to play that clip because it really portrays the need to not compromise when it comes to our faith. So we got lots to do. And Matthew, do you have any other uh, good-to-know files before we get to the gospel? I always ask Jesse that question. No? <laughs> you know what? I, I, um, I've been elbow deep in bad news, I'm sorry to say. No, let's so, not, uh, yeah. I, no, let's I, get to the good. I, you know, I, I hate to say this, Matt. I'm optimistic by nature, and even when we're down, 
you know, 13 runs in the bottom of the ninth, I keep thinking, well, we're going to win. We're going to have a comeback. <laughs> and I, I know when it comes to our faith, I know the end of the story. We win. because That's of right. And, and because you know the end of the story, you have something that's better than optimism. You've mm -hmm. got the theological virtue of hope. Exactly. Because that, that rests on the promises of God, and that's yeah. something you can take to the bank every time. Well said, Matt. All right, let's read the Matthew, uh, the Gospel of Matthew, <laughs> chapter 6, verse 7 to 15. Matt, and I, I want to hear your, your commentary on that, please. Oh, very good. Uh, Jesus said to his disciples, mm -hmm. In praying, do not babble like the pagans who think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. Your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This is how you are to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. If you forgive others their transgressions, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your transgressions. Thus far the words of the Holy Gospel. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, a couple of things jump sure. out at me. Number one, uh, you know, of course, Terry, you know that uh, they say that the New American Bible is the only Bible that uh, can be used for the liturgy, English liturgy, in the United States. But you'll also notice that this is not the New American Bible translation of the Our Father. Right. This is the one that we use at Mass. It's the traditional translation. Sure. And and that was something that, that brought up a question. This is we didn't talk about this before, but it's just something that okay. jumped into my head. You know that um, that uh, when you look, at, say for example, at the handbook the uh, of indulgences and all the indulgences prayers, you know they changed all the prayers around, especially to to update the language. So the Hail Mary is Hail, full of grace. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. The glory be is right. glory to the Father. They don't say glory be anymore because that's not grammatically correct. Now it's glory to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Yeah. Right. So it's different. But this word for word, hallowed be thy name, who art in heaven. Why? Well, it, it just struck me, of course, it's uh, ecumenism, because that's the way our separated brethren say it. This is the way it is in the in the King James Bible. You see. Uh, and so, you know, it's just, it's just something that Interesting. Uh, you never thought kind, of that. kind of hops out that, okay. uh, and anyway, but uh, speaking of our separated brethren, yes, the very first verse here, Matthew six, seven is one that they often use to attack uh, the rosary and the liturgy Any and that thing, because it says, don't babble like the pagans in the, in the King James, it says, do not, uh, employ vain repetition mm -hmm. like the Gentiles do think they will be heard for their many words. So, you know, isn't that, isn't, uh, the rosary or you know, the, the uh, parts of the liturgy that repeat again and again, isn't that the vain repetition? And of course, the, the uh, well-equipped Catholic is going to answer no to that question. Right. No prayer is vain, uh, no matter how often you repeat it, if it's sincere. Yes. Right? And of course, we notice that Christ himself, I remember telling the guy, well, Jesus prayed the same prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane three times. That's Matthew 26, 39, 42, 44. <laughs> yes. He goes and he says the, says the same prayer, and he says, well, that's that's not repetitious prayer, that's Ooh. persistent prayer, right? <laughs> so yeah, he, he spun it on me, and I said, well, uh, you know, I think probably one of the, the finest examples from the Bible is Isaiah 6, 3. Yes. Remember, the prophet has a, a vision of heaven. He sees the throne of God, and before the throne of God, there are angels there who never cease repeating day and night the canticle, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, you know, uh, heaven and earth are full of thy glory. At the Sanctus, right? Mm -hmm. well, at which we pray at Mass. And when they invite us to pray that, they say, let us join the angels in their unending hymn of praise. Right? right? This, is, this is a prayer. And we see in the Apocalypse, in the book of Revelation, 
Uh, John has a uh, vision of heaven. He sees the throne of God, and there's those angels, and they're still at it. 800 years later, yeah. they're still repeating those same prayers over and over again. Wow. So it's not repetition that's the problem. Wow. It's, uh, it's, it's sincerity that matters. And, you know, uh, the, 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 the common example being the Pharisee and the publican, that the Pharisee gives this long-winded extemporaneous prayer, Lord, I thank you that I am not like other men. I thank you I'm not like this publican. Mm -hmm. And the publican stands away off. Yes, beating his breast and repeating over and over and over again, oh, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Oh, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus tells us who went home justified. Yeah, great point. Right. Yep. So, uh, uh, yeah. So, and uh, it's not about uh, repetition. It's about sincerity. Amen. All right, let's bring the smartest guy into the room, Archbishop. <laughs> oh, Sheena ahead. I love it. Matt, I, this is something that I know you've done some counseling and I do counseling on, on the phone with people, but this is a, a, a quote by Bishop Sheen about anxiety and the causes of it. He says, anxiety stems fundamentally from ill-regulated desires from the creature wanting something that is unnecessary for him or contrary to his nature or positively harmful to his soul. Anxiety increases in direct ratio and proportion as man departs from God. If that doesn't describe our culture right now with anxiety and how many people are on anxiety pills. Yeah, what did you say to me? We were talking it's, about It's about 40% of the people walking around on planet Earth in America, I should say, my mm -hmm. Reddick, are that they're on some type of pills for anxiety because people are nervous about life. But I, I, think, wow. I think about that, Matt, and, you know, we got a minute here to talk about it. And that is, yeah. I just think that when you don't know the meaning and purpose of life, You've got to really be nervous about life being short. Like, I got to do everything now. Sure. Well, and, and that's the thing, too. I think you put your finger on it because clearly, uh, you know, thousands of years ago, yeah. life was a lot simpler than it oh, is yeah. now. Sure. But again, we see that uh, hundreds and hundreds of times in the scripture where we're, be, we're being told, don't be afraid, don't be anxious, don't worry. 365 <laughs> times. <Here's laughs> no, that's, that's once for every day of the year. So I sense a theme here. Yep. You know, <laughs> that's uh, But, you know, if, if, if they had to be reminded so often then, maybe we need to be reminded even more today yeah. when people take so much thing, more things on them. I, I sometimes wonder, Terry, and this is, I mean, it's not a topic for conversation because it would be yeah. too big, but but all of the information, I don't know that human beings were intended to have to process yes. as much information as we do in a single day. We process more information in a day than people used to in, in probably weeks or months. I also want to talk about this on the other side of the break because it is important and the material things that we have today versus even a hundred years ago, mm -hmm. not not even close. And the other issue is the consumerism that we have to deal with. You've got to have this. You got to have that. And if you mm -hmm. don't have it, then you're not going to be happy. And then we have commercials <laughs> that say, you know, you deserve this. You deserve right. to go and have this vacation or this. Uh, you know, fancy car. Right, whether when it, you can afford it or not. Right. And this is the problem we have in our culture today. Uh, I see the time clock has gone over our normal time, so I'm, I'm wondering if we're, well, Oh, we'll keep going. I see the clock is further on. Matt, I want to yep. just mention that when we come back from the break, we're going to have our Bishop Strickland set us straight regarding the meaning and purpose of life and where we're supposed to go. This is a, a recording from the Dodger Stadium talk he gave on Friday to about 5,000 people. And then we're going to go right into the uh, major Senate on synodality document and the highlighting that this document says 
that we need to welcome polygamists and LGBTP and everybody else and why that is not what the church has always done. And that's why we call the title of the show, The Path into the Church is Not Acceptance, It's Conversion. We'll talk about that when we come back. Stay with us. Welcome back indeed. This is the Terry and Jesse Show. Matt Arnold sitting in. Boy, the conversation we just had on the Gospel of Matthew, I would recommend you listen to the podcast if you missed it. It was very insightful. Also, I wanted to bring back, before we have Bishop Strickland talk, I wanted to just mention Bishop Sheen's quote of each day that we play on the Terry and Jesse Show. It's taken mostly from the quotable Sheen. You might want to get that book. It's available through Ignatius Press. And I really think, I mean, we could talk hours on anxiety and what the causes are, but I want to just repeat what Sheen said. He said, anxiety stems fundamentally from the ill-regulated desires from the creature wanting something that is unnecessary for him or contrary to his nature or positively harmful to his soul. Anxiety increases in direct ratio and proportion as man departs from God. Well, we, we see that man is departing from God, is becoming more secular. And as we become more secular, we're having more people with anxiety attacks to a point where, as I said, 40% of people walking around are on some kind of uh, drug for their anxiety. And I, I'm not going to say that some don't need it. I'm not saying that. Mm -hmm. What I am saying, Matthew, is we've gone way overboard by leaving God yeah, we, out of the equation. That's right. That that maybe maybe the solution for this anxiety is turning to God as opposed to uh, the pharmaceutical industry. Yeah, but they but you know they don't make any money on that, so I understand. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's do this before we get into the talk on uh, the Senate. And I might add, Anthony, uh, back in October, the Holy Father, I researched it this morning. He uh, decided to go an extra year now on this Senate pro Senadel process. And some people are saying, you know, even cardinals, I'm reading that this is kind of like a Vatican III. And I, I hope they're mm -hmm. wrong because— uh, Well, that's—you know, it's funny because that's exactly what struck me. I was— Really? I've been, I've been reading—well, yeah, I, I was—I've been researching something that I'm going to talk about on, on my program Good. about what's going on in the church now versus what was going on in the 70s. I think that, you know, we have that, that pendulum is kind of oh, swung yeah. back and we're, you know, because you see it in the, in, the, in the secular world as well. Yes. You know, it's, it's like uh, uh, Biden's like Jimmy Carter on steroids, you know. Yeah. But, um, but uh, the, the reason I, I bring it up is no. that I've been looking at the things that, uh, that um, were happening right after the council, and you can see how very uh, excited, how very enthusiastic Paul VI similar, is. He's similar. all, oh, man, we have to have... You know, it's like everything is new and new. Yeah. And it's, and that, that was, he said, that was the great thing about the council is that let us use that word new. And it's like crack cocaine yeah. for these guys. You know, everything's new, new, new. And with, you know, by 1972, yes. he was, you know, deeply disillusioned with the way things were going. Of course. And he brought up people, are, people are calling for a Vatican three mm -hmm. already because they don't think that Vatican two went far enough. Right. Those are the people. You know, and that's the thing. And I think that, and, you know, and a Vatican three, that's, you know, that's uh, unlikely, yeah. right, to, to put the church through that. But yeah, but if you, if you create one, one layer of bureaucracy on top of another, on top of another, on top yeah. of another, and you start changing things in the church through this process. Yeah. And I'm <laughs> just real quickly, I'm you're listening. familiar with the term, you're familiar with the term to beg the question. I do. 
Now, that's mostly, I mean, it's all, in, in logic, it has a specific meaning. Most people, when they say beg the question, they mean it. It uh, You know, you say something and it brings up an obvious question. Sure. begs the question. But in, in logic, what it means that you um, presume the truth of, of some argument that has yet to be proven. Right. Right. And, and that's another thing that I'm running into. I'm, I'm looking back at Vatican II. The Pope said, go back and read the Document. documents, which I have, and I'm, and I'm doing it again. And, I, and all I'm seeing is like, uh, these things don't say what you think they exactly. say. Exactly. You know? like, Real Vatican II, please stand up. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and and it, 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 it really struck me yes. that there's a lot of assertions. Yes. Even, even if you go back to John the 23rd, he says, these things, you know, this is what has to happen. This is what happened. But it, he's begging the question because they've never bothered to establish that these things really need to happen. Right. Where's that body of work? Where, where's point. that long uh, um, period of discernment that, that said, OK, we're right now is the time when everything needs to change. And, and you look at this document, it's 27,000 words. It's, it's <laughs> 10,000 words in the introduction and 17,000 words in the accompanying <laughs> worksheets. Yes. All right. This is the 27,000. That's the outline. Right. No wonder he added another year. It's going to take him that long to read it. <laughs> you know, much less answer all the questions. <laughs> but the theme that, that runs through the thing is that synodality is the only future for the church. Yeah. The Holy Spirit says we have to have a synodal church. That is that's, you know, and well, that's what we have to identify the concrete steps to making that happen without having quite defined what that is. We got to make it happen because the Holy Spirit says so. And, I, and it begs the question, really? I talk to the Holy Spirit all the time. He didn't say anything to me. Yeah. Okay. You're spot on because cardinals have said just what you just said, that, that we need to church constantly in a synodality a mode uh, and just kind of like, well, here's the bottom line, Matthew. This model was tried by the Anglicans. Okay. Uh. And it was failed, obviously. Look at the Anglican church today. There are very few people going to church, and mm -hmm. they would. You know, you know what else they did? Everything that. that the German synod wants. Exactly. You but know, the, uh, the, women priests, yes. and, and married clergy, and gay yeah. clergy. We know and, the results. And, and, yeah, I mean, it's like you watched it play out. Yeah. You know, and 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 that's the fatal flaw of liberalism. It's like the communists. It's like, well, yeah, Stalin just didn't do it right. We'll do it right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So true. Like, and you know, I, I think there's a flaw in the process. And I want to show the contrast. And I'll tell you what we call it: the deposit of faith. Okay, the deposit of faith doesn't change because somebody said, "Hey, you know what? Uh, I decided that there's four persons in the Holy Trinity," because mm -hmm. I went had I had this you know meeting. And we all prayed, and this is what we came up with. That's how new religions start, okay? Yeah. <laughs> well really? Put. Yeah. Well put. Now, yeah. I want to play a, a clip from our own Bishop Strickland at the Dodger Stadium uh, when we did the prayer rally in, in reparation for the sacrileges that are going on in the world and also with the Dodgers on the, on the promoting of homosexuality and the attacks on our Catholic faith through these so-called Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, which are really mm. just men— dressed up as sisters, which is ridiculing our faith. I want you to hear a shepherd who really understands his shepherding, shepherding to teach, govern, and sanctify. This is what bishops are called to do. Before we go into this topic, I want to let you hear what a true shepherd sounds like. So, Mr. Engineer, play that clip. It would have been easy for me to turn down the invitation, but we need to speak to the world the message of Jesus Christ. 
We can't allow it to be shouted down by anyone. And remember, always remember, even those shouting hatred toward us are beloved of God. We need to embrace the model that Jesus Christ offers us, lovingly, clearly sharing the truth. He is truth incarnate. The world needs to know him. We often hear about the need to be unified. Absolutely. But we will never be unified in false messages. We must be people of love, but real love. We look to Jesus on the cross for our image of love. It is an image of sacrificial love and truth. And what does Jesus model? Even as he dies on the cross, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Why doesn't the bishop really tell me what he thinks? Wow, yeah. See, see, Matthew, this is what people are looking for. That kind of direction that says we need, you know, whether you're, I mean, we're all sinners. We all need redemption. But the way to get it is through repentance and believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Your thoughts? You are engaged right now in a, like an RCIA program for the ordinary church. And you are, as I understand, using Baltimore Catechism number four. You are correct. And Fulton Sheen's conversion store, a conversion class. Okay, there you go. Um, we mentioned how prolix this this document is, these 27,000 words. Yes. Uh, and I was reminded of something that was said by Chief Joseph of the Naperse Indians when he was dealing with the government. And uh, just so you know, uh, Chief Joseph and his father were both uh, Catholic converts. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. That I didn't but, know. Uh, but he said, you know, when he was dealing with, with the bureaucracy of, of the government, he said... Um, it does not take many words to speak the truth. Wow, what a great line. And that's the thing. It's like, you, you look at that, look at the Baltimore Catechism. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, when you get to number four, that's, that's the college level, and it's the questions are multiplied and it's broken down into yeah. its component parts, and you really get into the, that's right. into the, the gritty of it. But, but, you know, but that first communion catechism tells you everything you need to know to, to receive <laughs> Holy Communion, you know, and that's something, and, you know, that's what the typical Catholic in the pew is missing. He needs that. Absolutely. Matt, let me just make a unshame, uh, well, a plug for your videos here at our full Sheen Ahead uh, YouTube channel. You've taken the Baltimore Catechism basic questions and answers and put it into a catechism. Can you talk a little bit about that, please? Are you talking about the uh, our Catholic faith? Yeah. Is that up there? Course. Oh, yeah, yeah. We did that years ago. <laughs> No, not only and, that, yeah. I'm talking about the one-minute um, videos oh, you did oh, on oh, yeah, cartoons. You've done so much over the last did, 30 yeah. years here. You're right. What, what are we right. talking about? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, i got 30 years worth of stuff uh, behind us. But, yeah, I started something called My First Catechism, right. and it's uh, it's actually uh, a collection of animated yes. um, uh, videos mm -hmm. for the little guys, for even— uh, before First Communion, like uh, kindergarten age. Hey, my three-year-old uh, grandson loves it. He keeps watching well, it and over and over it. again. You're not the first person to tell me that uh, that their preschool children yes. uh, um, are enjoying these DVDs. That's they're right. colorful, they're bright, they're yep. and and they're orthodox. And I, I will, you know, full full disclosure. Mm -hmm. um, Father Lavosic was my hero when I came my into hero. the church, you know, and uh, and I've very much modeled this after those books that uh, he wrote, all those great catechetical books for children. Uh, you know, those St. Joseph uh, mm -hmm. uh, catechism and saint books, you know, it's just, it's gold. Yes, it is. It's gold. And, and, and we're just taking that, 
classic information, just that deposit of faith yep. and presenting it uh, at all these different levels. And the way right. they can get that is go to Full Sheen Ahead on our YouTube channel, and they're absolutely free. Did you? Did I mention that? Also, Matt? you know, also, yeah, they're absolutely free. The other way you can do that, you go to the website, go to vmpr.org, and right up at the top there, you'll see there's a little, um, a little logo that says CRC Kids, and you click on that, and all those videos are there. Because actually, I've already done a, a second series on the Eucharist, and I'm about to put up an audio uh, Bible history. I love it. Could be up in a week or two. Can you tell we're trying to catechize the youth? And if you haven't noticed, folks, you may, those who are listening on the radio can't tell. Matt and I are in our sixties, so <laughs> I'm just making a point that we don't know how much more time both of us have on this planet. But we're trying to get as much Catholic teachings, out, you know, published so that people can re- can receive this even after our death. I mean, let's just be honest. All right, when yep. we come back, we'll talk more about this major Senate on synodality document and show some of the challenges that we have as lay people in what they're doing. And I just don't like lowering the bar and that's what it sounds like they're doing. Stay with us, family. You're on with Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. Matt Arnold sitting in. I'm going to say I'm too blessed to be stressed. I'm too anointed to be disappointed. And if I had, if my, if hope was money, I'd be a billionaire. I'll tell you why, Je- uh, Jesse. I keep calling you Jesse. Matthew. It's all right. Reason, all, yeah, it's, that's, that's acceptable. Yeah, Matt, the, the reason <clears throat> I'm saying that is, you know, we were just talking about the catechesis that we make available here at vmpr.org. And I say to people, watch it. Share it with your children and then say, is that worth it? Do you think worth it's worth supporting Virgin Most Powerful Radio? I just got off the phone right before the air. I mean, I'm, I'm getting tons of calls because of the Dodger Stadium issue when we had mm-hmm. Bishop Strickland come out. And the lady said, Terry, I just want to become a monthly donor because I see the good things you're doing and that you're not afraid to go out and share your faith in public and organize things that are necessary in the culture we're living in. I want to become a monthly donor. Well, I'll say the same thing. Go watch those videos with your children or grandchildren and then ask yourself, was that worth it? Oh, it was free. But I would say, <laughs> if you feel like you want to support us, I pay Matthew, I pay employees. I have overhead here at VMPR and we pay it through our donations. And so, I would I would hasten to point out that we pay it entirely through our donations. We're not being subsidized good point. by by the church or the bishops' conference or or any. We don't have uh, some some uh, uh, you know George Soros sugar daddy with deep pockets in the background somewhere. Yeah. it's just it's just the people listening. That's a very fair statement. All right, Matthew, let's shift gears if we may. Um, I want to just uh, point out that uh, this synodality document, and again. Cardinal Burke said it well, I thought, on EWTN just a week or two ago. He said, I pray every day that this will never take place because I see the chaos that can come from this. I've heard other bishops say very similar things. And, you know, the question comes, you know, they've taken all of this information, not just from practicing Catholics, I'm sure practicing Catholics, but they've invited atheists to come in and give their comments. They've invited... Mm -hmm. People are living outside the church in immoral unions to give their input. Like somehow they're going to tell us what, you know, what we should be doing in the church. It mm-hmm. seems to me, Matt, and I could be all wet on this, 
But <laughs> I don't hear anything in this about redemption, sin, heaven, hell, the four last things, things that traditionally were the key in inviting people to come to become followers of Christ through what we call a biblical worldview. It seems to me that the bar is being lowered to try and welcome everybody and not be worried about any doctrinal issues. Am well, I onto something? I, you know, I, I'm afraid you are. That's... Uh, you know, because and and because it does seem that way. It does seem like I say there. Uh, I don't know if it was. I think it was Cardinal Cardinal Holerick, but it may have been uh, mm -hmm. another uh, uh, prominent uh, sure. prelate who tweeted. You know that we we have to create a path for the LGBTQ plus people and the polygamous and the polyamorous. That's right. that's you know women with lots of husbands and and men with lots of wives, mm -hmm. right? And and what does that mean? You know I. I've been a RCIA instructor for over a dozen years. Yes. And I can tell you, we do everything humanly possible. Of course. Humanly possible to create a path into the church for all people of goodwill, right. no matter who they are, no matter no matter what their circumstance. Right. But it's, you know, it, it seems like what they're asking is to find a way for those people to be Catholic without converting, without giving up their sins. Well, you know? I mean, our, our Lord had our Lord had a, had a a very specific answer to this. Go and sin no more. Yes. You know, you confess your sins, you, you repent, you believe in the gospel. That that's that's the message. You know, if, if the Holy Spirit is saying something else, I'm I'm you may not be talking to the Holy Spirit. Well, and and the other thing that just is while I'm on keep a roll. Going. No, keep going, Matt. Keep going. <laughs> the document we're talking about it's the Instrumentum Laborum. It's that's the the working document. Right? It's the outline that we're gonna we're gonna start here and cobble together whatever you know the end result is. And it says that this document is not, and I'm quoting now, a tentative answer to all questions about synodality, right? So don't don't come here finding out what synodality is. Don't look don't look to this uh, to tell you that. He said it says instead it is the result of the synodal process on all levels, which leads to many questions, which could receive answers by the participants of the synod of bishops. Okay, so we got this newfangled process. It's it's a synod that's not a synod because a synod it's is not a synod of bishops. We have lay people, men <laughs> yeah. and women. Come on, let's call it right. what it is. Yeah. So so some newfangled process right. that New doesn't thing. promise doesn't promise any answers. Right. It says synodality might answer some questions. You know, uh, in in that when when we break into small groups, uh, you know, to talk about it. But what it merely what it promises to do is to continue expanding the church's bureaucracy yeah. indefinitely. Yeah. And like I said, I I'm <laughs> been in RCIA for a dozen years. Listen, you know, to receive the sacraments as a convert, to, to come into the Catholic Church, to to cross the T's, dot the I's, it's already like going to the DMV, Yeah. okay? And the only solution that the Holy See can envision is to just add more levels of bureaucracy to that? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sure that's going to work out great. No, the Anglicans already <laughs> did it. We know that. Matt, yeah. what's notable about this document, however, is the promotion of elements appearing in firm opposition to Catholic doctrine, Okay. And with a number of commentators noting that the document reads as if it was composed in order to appease a more liberal elements of the church. I'm talking mm -hmm. about homosexuality. I'm talking about welcoming remarried uh, divorced people, people who are in polygamous marriages. And well, that's another thing too. On. That 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 is spe specifically the the divorced and remarried yeah. who who would like to be. Yeah. Uh, would like to receive the sacraments, uh, you know, receive the Eucharist sure. without benefit of annulment. Okay, without without yeah. right. fixing the situation. Sure. So technically, 
It's like, okay, I want to receive the Eucharist in a perpetual state of unrepented mortal sin. Yeah, you see, that's what they're saying. You just nailed <laughs> yeah. it. And that's why we're, we're concerned about this, because— Well, I, I'm I concerned about it, because this document, it seems to take it for granted. Yes. It's like lowering the bar. Christ doesn't lower the bar. You see, what's true today, Matthew, as you know, and our listeners know this, is going to be true tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Truth doesn't change because of some group of people voting on it. And I think another model that this is already following is what's happening in Germany. I just saw mm. during Corpus Christi women doing the Eucharistic procession with the Blessed Sacrament as priests. And the bishop mm. there said, yeah, this is, this is what synodality is all about. See, we're welcome. Oh, there you go. And then just so you know, Matthew, I have a document here from AP News, okay? Vatican document highlights a need for concrete steps for women and a radical inclusion of LGBT. You see what the world is reading on this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It, it's, it is frankly hard not to come to that conclusion. Of course, of course. But you, see, you know, and especially especially if you're, you know, the world has to construe according to its wits, but the church has to construe according to the deposit of faith. Yes. And now, Matt, let's shift gears, if we may, in these last sure. few minutes that we have together and to address scandal in the church, because I consider this scandalous that men dressed the way they are as priests, bishops, and even the Holy Father, scandalous to allow this to take place and confuse the lay people. So how do we, as lay people, I'm going to give you my take, but I first want to ask you, what is your take? How do we make reparation for these things that are being done in the church that are contrary to the perennial teachings of the church, and how do we stay focused on Christ? Right. You, you had sent me, actually, uh, in our preparation for this, you sent me an article about pride masses. Yes. Uh, so-called. I did. And and the author, the priest who said that a pride mass is really a black mass. Yeah. And what, is that, what does that mean, precisely? And here's the thing. Terry, you make a morning offering? Yes, every morning. Of course you do, right? Yes. Uh, but you, you offer your prayers, works, joys, joys sorrows, yeah, everything. <laughs> yeah, all that. And, and, and you offer all of those things to God so that your, your every action in the day becomes a prayer. Amen. Every action becomes like a blank check. It's That's right. It's to Jesus. Yep. Okay. So you offer everything to God except okay. sin. Yep. Right? Your industry, your chastity, but not your pride, not your lust. Exactly. Because they're not, those are not acceptable offerings. Think of the Arate Fratres. The priest turns to the to people. Mm-hmm. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice, which is also yours, may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. He's talking about the sacrifice of the cross. That's right. Okay? But, and, and, you know, a, a black mass, so to speak, or, or a rainbow mass, or pride mass, or what, you know, pride's, a, <laughs> pride's the primordial sin. That's right. You know, stick any other of the of the deadly sins in there and see what it sounds like. Yeah. You know, we're going to have a gluttony mass. Yeah, well said. <laughs> you know? yeah. It's ridiculous. It, it, it's, not an, it's not an offering to God. You can't offer your sins to God as a gift. It's not an offering that at that point is a mockery. Exactly. So, and, and, and I'm sorry, but it needs to be understood that way. I'm not saying anything against people that have same-sex attraction. Of course not. We love not them. Talk, we want them to... I, I'm not talking about same-sex yeah. attraction at all. What I'm talking about is, is making a mockery out of the holy sacrifice of the mass. Exactly. And that's exactly and, what's going on in Chicago with Cardinal Supich. He's promoting this every year, commemorating this. And, and that's Cardinal scandal. McElroy down McElroy, in San Diego, San Diego, same thing. So what yeah. we do is we offer up our sacrifices, as Matt was just saying, the morning there offering. You go. 
And that way we stay focused on who? This crucifix right here, folks. That's, that's right. who we worship. Oh, by the way, when, when Jesus takes on your sins, that's what it looks like. Yeah, well said now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and when we come back from the break, I want to talk a little bit more about the call. We call it a universal call to holiness. Amen. This is critical that we understand that call and not get flustered by I get so many calls, Matthew, where people say, this priest is doing this, this sister said that, this guy said that. Come on. Let's stay focused on Christ. Let's Well, that's right. You know, it's like you know, it's like, well, get your torch and pitchfork. It's like, no. <laughs> not how it works. Gotta do that. And yeah. So we really and I'm getting texts from people saying, Yeah, I I uh, I get it. Um, you know, the um uh, we we live in a, a very uh, scandalous time. I mean, we, whether it's our government or our church, but um, we need to make staking. We need to stay focused on Jesus Christ, and that's what we're going to talk about when we come back from the break. Uh, you're listening to the Terry and Jesse show. Jesse's on his way to Chicago, talking about Chicago. He'll be back tomorrow from the hotel room doing the show. But that man's been preaching the Word of God in season and out. So stay with us, family. Uh, Terry and Jesse are here. Actually, Matt Arnold's filling in for Jesse. We're going to talk about that universal call to holiness that each one of us are called to and how to stay focused on Jesus Christ in spite of scandal. Stay with us, family. We'll be back. And I want to thank you again for all your support here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Actually, it's Matt Arnold and Terry Barber. Matt sitting in <laughs> for Jesse. He's on his way out to Chicago. He'll be back tomorrow on the show. And Matthew, before we get into this universal call to holiness, I'd like to give a plug for your show on Wednesdays here at VMPR. Tell us a little bit about your one-hour show that you do each week. Every week, yes, right after the Terry and Jesse show on Wednesdays. And, of course, if you're listening to us via radio and you would like to hear my show when it uh, broadcasts at some point, uh, you can go to vmpr.org, click on our shows. You can download our free smartphone app. Uh, there's there's ways and ways. So you And, and of course, um, since they are podcasts, they're archived, and you can listen to them at your convenience anytime on demand. Absolutely. But no-nonsense Catholic. Well, uh, it is as the name implies. I'm, I'm trying to just uh, uh, share truth about the Catholic faith in a way that is unvarnished and untrammeled by, uh, by well, nonsense. And there's a, I'm sorry to say there's a lot of nonsense uh, being peddled in the name of Catholicism uh, these days. Uh, a I hope I don't scandalize any of your viewers, but I think it's really a, a specific kind of nonsense. Uh, and you'll find a word for it in Webster's on, on the, <laughs> under the letter B, right between bulwark and bullfinch. Okay, <laughs> very special kind of nonsense I'm talking about. Um, and, and, you know, just trying to, I, I took a pledge, made it my, I made my first New Year's resolution in January of 2022. I, 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 I resolved to, to stop being nice. Mm. Because being nice is about avoiding confrontation without regard for the truth. Right. And, and it's like, no more Mr. Nice Guy. We can't afford to do that anymore. Right. And I think that's especially true of, of our, uh, our uh, pastors and our prelates. They need to tell the truth. 
Amen. That's why that's why Strickland is is uh, you know so so many people see him as such a breath of fresh air because he just talks about the the church without any apology. He's not afraid to say the name of Jesus in public. Right. You know. Well and, said. Uh, anyway, that that's that's what my show is about, and especially I love the Middle Ages, and you know that. Yes, I do. And so probably the main theme of the program is what you just talked about: the universal call to holiness. Yeah. Excellent. That's Vatican too, right? They, let's, it says let's that. Talk uh, about that right now, Matt. Go ahead. Yeah. Right in. Well, well, the, the Second Vatican Council, uh, I think it's Lumen Gentium, it says is. that that Jesus Christ calls his followers of of every rank and status mm-hmm. to, um, you know, try to, to be um, on the quest for Christian perfection, yeah. right? It says, like our Lord said, "Be perfect as the heavenly Father is perfect." We're all of us called to holiness, no matter uh, what our state in life, right? And according to our state in life. And that's very much, in my opinion, it's very much what the medievals were talking about or trying to accomplish uh, with the institution of chivalry, right? It was a way for lay people to pursue holiness. Yep. And, uh, you know, I, I think that, you you know, I mentioned Bernard of Clairvaux all the yep, time. He was one of his spiritual sons who wrote the uh, the quest for the Holy Grail. And King Arthur, and that's actually an allegory about the quest for spiritual perfection or Christian perfection, yep. with uh, you know the Grail representing the Holy Eucharist, yep. the presence of God, in, you know, in the church and in our lives, and and the the source and the summit of our faith. And you know, Saint Paul was not above employing the same kind of allegory in Ephesians six verses ten and following, where the armor of God, right? Uh, yep. Gird yourself with truth. To gird means to encircle, right? So like you're putting on a belt. Gird yourself in truth. He says, because you must be shod, right, mm-hmm. uh, with readiness for the gospel of peace. It's not, you know, some people say, you have to, it's the shoes of peace. No, it's not. It's the shoes of readiness. Yes. And you know this. You were a dad. You're a dad. Of course. Uh, and I say you were a dad. Obviously, you are a dad and a grandfather now. But you remember when your kids were little. Sure. And it was time to go to church. And you had to pile them all in the van. Yep. Every Sunday it was me. He's like, you guys ready to go to church? Yep. It was 15 minutes before. Ready to go? Yes. Ten minutes before, ready to go? Yes. Okay, time to get in the van. It's like, I, I, I can't find my shoes. <laughs> <laughs> You're not ready until you have your shoes on. All right? That's funny. Uh, and, and that's what he tells us. But but then there's the, the armor of God. It's the it's the helmet of salvation. It's the breastplate of righteousness. It's the shield of faith right. and the sword of the Spirit. And these things all correspond to the pillars of catechesis, right? Salvation, the helmet of salvation. What saves us? Grace. How do we get grace? Through the sacraments. The, the, the breastplate is righteousness. What, where, where does righteousness following the moral law? That's the Ten Commandments, right? The shield of faith. Well, obviously faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And we know what the sword is. It's the Word of God. St. Paul tells us the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. So that, that spiritual suit of armor, that's how you fight the battle that's not against flesh and blood. Sign me up. I, <laughs> I like Matthew. See, but, this but that's is just what, it. You know, it's our, quite our, simple. Our, yeah, and our enemies are not liberal bishops or or oh. church bureaucrats or any of that stuff our 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 enemies are principalities and powers and the world rulers of present darkness that's right. spiritual battle yeah and so that's that's who we, we have to remember whom we're contending with and uh, who is our our leader and our source of strength and that's our lord jesus christ and i think uh this your call to universal holiness also includes living in the presence of god because Many people, we talked earlier in the show about anxieties from Fulton Sheen's quote. Mm-hmm. They have these high anxieties because they don't have God in their life. And the idea of living in the presence of God says that 
God's will, here it is, is, mo- is manifested moment by moment as long as we're staying faithful to our duties and our state in life. So life is what Matt was just saying is quite simple. So every day you offer your day to God and all these trials that come up, we offer it to God, all the good, everything. And that way you're living in the presence of God and you, you won't let the world cannot take your peace from you because your peace is rooted in Jesus Christ. And how do we stay like Matt, you just said, the sacraments? Are we going to confession at least once a month? Mm-hmm. And the question I'm asking yeah. our listener right now, and if you say, well, I go once a year, no, no, that's not enough. And so it, you need to humble yourself and say, I'm going to go, and this is how I suggest people to do it, is put it on your calendar. And mm. the reason I say that, most of us get things done if it's on the calendar. Yep, that's what my wife says. She puts it, we go to confession, she puts it in the phone. Yeah, there you so go. So she knows, you know, the uh, next yeah. <coughs> four weeks from now, we're going to do it again. Yeah, whether you know, you know. because and you need to do With me, that. it might be sooner. Well, I, I, you know, I tell people I go a couple times a month, and I tell yeah. you why. And this is something that, again, uh, I'm trying to get close to God as close as I can. And I do know that even if I don't have mortal sin on my soul, St. John Paul II called it devotional confessions. So it's important to receive the graces of that sacrament, even if you're not in the state of mortal sin, going and humbling yourself. And I might ask what, one more thing I'll add, Matt, and then I'll have your, your comments. Once mm-hmm. a year, I go on retreat. My retreat's usually in August at, at Prince of Peace out in Oceanside. Four days I shut up. That's <laughs> the time I do a general confession once a year. Now, some people wait longer, but I just think these general confessions once a year, year uh, well, the way I was taught, it helps us show our Lord how repented you are of your sins and how you want his mercy. And by going to the great sacrament of confession, that's exactly what you receive. When you confess your sins, you receive the mercy of God. Well, Terry, I... That's beautiful. The retreat, that, that's uh, that's an excellent thing for anybody that can manage that. You know, it's just, you know, once a year, uh, you know, I think you can probably uh, get it on your calendar. Yeah, that's how But uh, <clears> the <throat> thing I was going to say, though, is that uh, well, you said, yeah, you, you you don't have to be and you don't have to wait no. until you're in mortal sin. It's like, oh, I don't have to go to confession. Well, okay, you don't have to go to receive communion either. There you go. <clears throat> but what you need to do is increase in grace. You need to pursue holiness. That's the universal call. You got it. And if you go, if you receive, you know, the, the sacrament, if you celebrate the sacrament of reconciliation and you're not in mortal sin, you go there, you confess your venial sins, you confess your faults, then you are going to receive that sacramental grace. And that sacramental grace wow. is going to make you holier. Yes. And that is, that's, I mean, it's one of the ways, one of the best ways that you grow in holiness. It's not, it's really not optional. And you know, we just did a Baltimore catechism on Tuesday <laughs> and this topic was on the <laughs> Holy Eucharist. And it was uh-huh. the question of why should I receive Holy Communion often? And the answer was very similar to what you just gave. Right. It's that increase of grace. Exactly, Matthew. Uh-huh. And it helps you say no to sin because when you mm-hmm. have the life of God in you, then you have the graces to say no to your lower nature. Let's be honest about it, Matt. If we don't have, uh, you know, a desire for holiness, it's, you're not going to reach holiness. You have to have that desire 
to go in that direction. It doesn't just, graces just don't fall into your lap. Our Lord Mm -hmm. is expecting us to, we have free will. We can choose God's will or we can choose our will. So freedom of free will is incredibly important. That's a great gift that God gives to us. But let's be honest. If there was no free will, how can you merit anything? That's right. Yeah, you, you must. And, and, and that's important, too, for the people walking around with anxiety. Your, yeah. your circumstances are not determined by, uh, by birth or, or by circumstance or any of the rest of that. You know? and, and also, another thing, too, for the, yeah. for the person that sits back and says, well, all this bad stuff's going on in the church, but, you know, it's God's church, God's in charge, everything will be fine. Yeah. I mean, you know, and it's like, that's quietism. That's actually a exactly. heresy. You know, we don't, yeah. submit, we don't submit to our circumstances we submit to Jesus Christ, who is the Lord of our circumstances. <laughs> Amen, brother. Right? Wow. So, yeah, I mean, you can, <laughs> that's poverty of spirit, is to accept the things that come to you as coming from the hand of a loving Father. But it doesn't mean that you just submit to your circumstances. And if I might add St. Maximilian Colby in the closing here. Well, as long as, as long as we're on it, yeah. It fits right in. He says <laughs> there are three stages of life. He says the first stage for most of us is our formation. The second stage of our life is our vocation, which is whether you're being a priest, a nun, or a lay person, a married person, unmarried. In other words, your vocation that God's calling you. And then he says the third stage of life for most of us is suffering. Mm. So I want to ask all of us to remember this, that every action is like a blank check. If Christ's name is on it, it has infinite value. So therefore, everything that happens to us today, like I'm going to be going to lunch with a, a wonderful brother, a lay, bro- a lay brother, and he's going to tell me his conversion story. What a great story. To, I'm going to share that with you. But this is what we need to do is live in the presence of God. Matthew mm-hmm. Arnold, I asked Jesse this question every single day. What state should we be living in, brother? Don't that tell me Arizona. Of, no, yes, the state of grace. <laughs> You're right. And how do we stay in that state of grace? By staying close to Christ and living close to the sacraments. And I just want to remind you about Our Lady of Fatima every every day because the Fatima message is so important. Our Lady said souls are going to hell because no one, and I mean no one, is there to pray and make sacrifices. Again, it tied right into our day. Can we make a sacrifice for the salvation of the soul? It has infinite value when it's united to Jesus Christ. Wow. And don't forget, we have Dr. Sandoval up next here on VMPR. You can get the app by going to vmpr.org. It's not on your station. You'll be impressed with the good doctor. He's in today. Stay with us. May God richly bless you and your family.